If you have your Bibles tonight, go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy. Timothy was Paul's son in the faith, according to the prophecies made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. I want you to look at that, concerning the prophecies made concerning you. Paul's telling him what he's to do with words of promise that have been spoken, that he is to wage the good warfare over those promises. So we're to war with our prophetic word. And I believe the Lord is calling the church to be a prophetic voice to this generation. Did you know that the enemy and has psychics and has all that kind of stuff? And all of that's just really a counterfeit of the true, genuine uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I believe God's calling us to be a prophetic voice to this generation. And a key to prophecy is maintaining a proper balance and an understanding of the purpose of prophecy. Prophetic ministry is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20 through 21. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things, hold fast what is good. Anytime there's a prophetic utterance that's given or an utterance that comes forth that says, thus says the Lord. And I don't always like to use that term, thus says the Lord. I think we overuse that sometimes. I think we need to learn how to be more naturally supernatural. And we need to say things like, I feel like this is what the Lord is saying. So that we can, can feel that we need to judge that or to test that. It says, test all things, hold fast what is good. How do I test a prophetic word? How do I judge a prophetic word? Well, I do that based on the word. Is it redemptive? And even if it's a, a correcting word, I think there's a protocol for correction in the body of Christ. I don't think God just calls people off the sidewalk to come into a church and, and bring correction. But I think there's a, there's a protocol in that, that God will use somebody in spiritual authority and he will use them to bring spiritual correction. And correction is always to be done in love and it's always to done, be done redemptively. And even if there's a prophetic word that's spoken that is, that is corrective in a sense, it will have a redemptive quality to it. So number one, is there a redemptive quality in the word? Is it speaking to the redemptive uh, powers of God? God's in the redeeming business. God's not in the condemning business. God's in the lifting up business and he's in the comforting business. He's in the building up business. And so is it redemptive? Number two, does it contradict the word? And if it, if it don't flow with God's word, then it's not a word from God. God always speaks through his word. God speaks and we test it. We hold fast to that what is good. We judge it. Does it ring in your spirit? Does it cause you to, to want to grow closer to God? Does it excite you? Does it produce something inside of you? Those are ways we can test the word. So how does God speak today? Well, I don't think nobody here is under the opinion that God's not speaking today. But you know, there are whole movements in Christianity that don't believe God's speaking today. He said all that he's going to say and everything else is just what we have in the Bible and God's not speaking today. But Hebrews 3 and 4 says today... If you will hear his voice. When? Today. God is always speaking. The question is, are we listening? Are we tuned in? Are we dialed into heaven's frequency? Are we dialed in to hear his voice? So how does he speak? Well, I believe, first of all, he can speak in that still, small voice. That's the voice of your spirit man. That's the voice down inside of you. That's a voice sometimes that will warn you about things. That's a voice you just, you just know. The old timers used to say it this way, and I guess I'm an old timer now because I've been around for so long. I just know in my knower. Just know what is that. That's that still small voice of God. God speaks through dreams and visions. And that's a part of the seer ministry is dreams and visions. It's seeing things. But he speaks through visions or through the ministry of prophecy as given from another believer or prophetic ministry. And I would add he speaks through the gifts of the spirit. He speaks through his word. You can read the word and, and a scripture will leap off the page. And you just, you, you say, I know God was speaking to me through that word. That's a rhema word, we call it. 
which means it's a right now word. It's something that maybe you've read it 10 times. Maybe you've read it through the years, but you read it and something out of that just leaps off the page and you know that was a word from God through his word. He speaks through his word. Sometimes he speaks through circumstances. We pray, we believe, and the door doesn't open. Maybe God closed that door because God knows what's behind. We think we know what's behind the door, but God really knows what's behind the door. I think when we get to heaven and we sit down, we maybe examine our life. Maybe the Lord's going to say, you didn't realize all the things I kept you from. How many times have you been driving down the I-85 or I-95 or I-81 or I-26 or I-20 and the devil said, I'm going to take them out today. But God said, oh, no, you're not. And God kept us. God protected us. God preserved us. Sometimes he speaks. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 and 8 says, but the manifestation, that word manifestation means a surprise. It's a surprise of the spirit. B. Yonder would call it that. It's a surprise of the spirit. The manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. And then I went down to verse 10 to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Now, there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and then chapter 14. And of those nine gifts of the Spirit, we put them into three different groups of three. One is the gifts that know, and one is the gifts that speak. The gifts that know are what we call the revelation gifts, and I'm going to talk a little bit about them tonight. Number one, when you study these gifts, there are three gifts that are defined as a revelation gifts. That's the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. And in my book, I've defined what those are. But we have the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. And prophecy is one of the three gifts that speak. So let's define these. The word of wisdom is a wise utterance spoken through the operation of the Holy Spirit. And see, some folks have wisdom. And wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge. Wisdom comes through, through experience. It comes through years of doing something. But this is a supernatural wisdom beyond human wisdom and it's received directly from the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom and you'll know what to do in a certain circumstance or a certain way. And usually the word of wisdom has to do something with the future and the word of wisdom will, will, will be something that's spoken. And when the gifts of the Spirit are, are flowing, it's hard sometimes to discern is that a word of wisdom, is that a word of knowledge, is that a prophecy or whatever. And you don't stop and say, was that a word of You just flow with the Holy Spirit and what he's saying. But a word of wisdom usually will have something to do with the future and it and it's usually some strategy that the Holy Spirit will give that will help you in a circumstance that you're in. And it's a supernatural wisdom that is received by the Holy Spirit. The word of knowledge is the second of the revelatory gifts. And it's an utterance that reveals knowledge about people, circumstances, or biblical truth. Sometimes when I'm ministering, I just know things. And I'll tell people. And they say, how did you know that? It's a word of knowledge. It's, it's that gift of knowledge that's working through the Holy Spirit, and you'll know things that you wouldn't normally know. I'll give you a couple of definitions there on the screen. An utterance that reveals knowledge about people's circumstances or biblical truth. Donald G. said flashes of insight into truth that penetrate beyond the operation of our own intellect. It's a knowledge that you wouldn't have otherwise other than the Holy Spirit would give you that knowledge. But then I put discerning of spirits in here because I'm talking about prophecy, which is a vocal gift, but I wanted you to see that the seer anointing includes discerning of spirits. The gift often works with discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is given by the Holy Spirit to properly discern and judge prophecies and to distinguish whether an utterance is from the Holy Spirit or not. What's the spirit that's motivating that? And I know that in this modern world, a lot of times, we don't believe in demons. But they are real demon spirits that are at work in the world. 
You have authority over the devil. In the name of Jesus, I have authority over the enemy. Discerning of spirits will help you to understand. And sometimes, listen, things that are working, we just we try to figure out a natural cause for it. Sometimes there's a spirit that's working behind that because the Bible said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And we have to deal with a spirit that's at work behind that. And we have to deal with that spirit. And sometimes we lose sight of the fact that we're not dealing with flesh and blood. And we start dealing with flesh and blood. And we blame the flesh and blood for what the devil's doing. And all the time, we got to deal with the enemy and not the individual so let me give you a definition of prophecy remember i'm laying the groundwork because i'm going to get into the seer but i want you to understand that it flows through prophetic words and through prophetic ministry and a simple definition of prophecy is speaking forth the mind and heart of god under the inspiration of the holy spirit prophecy is not just always like thus says the lord in 10 months this is going to happen preaching is an element of prophecy when I'm preaching the word of God, that is an element of prophecy. It's not the gift of prophecy in operation. And it doesn't mean that the person preaching is a prophet or stands in that office. But it is an element of prophecy because the word of God itself is a prophecy. So prophecy can be to foretell and to foretell. Sometimes prophecy is, is a revealing of something. Sometimes prophecy is related to the future. And it's all done under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And there are spirit-filled people all over the world. You'll find them all over the place. But it's spoken under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And to give an accurate word from the Lord, we must have both his mind and emotion as we deliver the word. A prophetic declaration communicates God's intent to fulfill his promises to us. The term prophesy comes from a Hebrew word, nebah. It means to bubble forth, to gush out, to pour forth, or to boil over. The Greek word in the New Testament is propheteo. It means to say or to speak forth, to declare, or to make known. Dr. Frank Damasio, he's one of my favorite writers, he said prophecy is to build up the local church, to make the great stated truth of scripture become personalized and real in a given setting. Kenneth Hagin writes, he said prophecy is supernatural utterance in a known tongue. When we speak in tongues, we're speaking in a language that's not known. But when we prophesy, we're prophesying in a known tongue. And the Hebrew word to prophesy means to flow forth, to flow forth. It carries with it the thought to bubble forth like a fountain, to let drop, to lift up, to tumble forth, and to spring forth. The Greek word, I, I gave you the definition, that is translated prophecy means to speak for another. It means to speak for God or to be his spokesperson. Pastor Dick Iverson, who pastored, a great church in Portland, Oregon, he said the gift of prophecy is speaking under the direct supernatural influence of the Holy Spirit. It is becoming God's mouthpiece to verbalize his words as the Spirit directs. The Greek word propheteia means speaking forth the mind and counsel of God. It is inseparable in its New Testament usage with the concept of direct inspiration of the Spirit. Prophecy is the very voice of Christ speaking in the church. And I want to give you a scripture about this in the next slide. Revelation 19.10. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The prophecy should lift up Jesus. It should exalt Jesus. And I, I looked this up in a different, tra in the New Living Translation. Listen to what it says. The essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. Prophecy is a supernatural manifestation that enables the believer to bring a word of revelation directly from God under the impulse of the Holy Spirit. Prophecy will exhort God's people to righteousness, holiness, faithfulness, endurance, comfort, and sometimes a warning. I love what Lee Grady writes. He said, prophecy, this is a special gift. God loves to speak to his people. 
and he wants to use us to relay his message, I consider the gift of prophecy supernatural encouragement because it always edifies the person who receives a word from the Lord, even if it is corrective. And I found these scriptures in 1 Corinthians 14, 3 and 4. Let me read them to you. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Anytime there's a word from God, that's what it should do right there. Edify, that means to build up. Listen, the last thing you need to do is for me to rip you apart with my tongue when you come in here. You've battled enough devils. You've had enough problems. You've had enough stress. You don't need to come in church and have the pastor just blister you and hurt you and wound you. You need to be healed and helped. And we need the presence of God and the spirit of the Lord to do that. Now, I understand there are times when we have to bring correction. There are times when we have to do that. But we want to encourage people. That's what exhortation means. We're exhorting you. We're encouraging you. People need encouragement today and comfort. Word comfort means help. And we need to pray for the comforter for tomorrow, for this family, that they would feel the comfort of the Holy Spirit in this time of grief. Then verse 4 says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. When I pray in the Spirit, and I talked about that Sunday morning, having the prayer language of the Holy Spirit, that when I pray, I'm edifying myself. I'm building myself up. But he who prophesies edifies the church. So there's how you judge prophecy right there. It should do those things. So how do I receive a prophetic word? Well, Dr. Chuck Pierce says receiving a prophetic word can have a powerful impact on the perception of our prophetic destiny. The word can help shape our vision for the future and bring us into a deeper understanding of God's heart for our lives. I want you to think about that. So I have to receive the word. And the Bible says I'm not to despise words. And I've been, I've been thinking on that for a while. And praying about that. And I said, Lord, what about words that we know that maybe... Sometimes a word can start out in the spirit, but it can finish up in the flesh. Sometimes we could just be miss it. And I thought, Lord, what do you do with that? You don't despise that. I don't think you just... We can't just always stand up and say, that's wrong. And despise things. Because you have to learn how to move in the, in the gifts of the spirit. You have to learn how to flow in those gifts. And you have to learn how to do that. So why does God use prophecy? Why does he use prophecy? I had to ask myself that question. Why, why do this? Why do we need prophecy? Well, Amos 3, 7. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret. Underline that word, his secret. Those two words. To his servants, the prophets. God reveals his secrets through prophetic ministry. There are things he wants to tell you. There are things he wants to share with you. There are things he wants to personally give to you as his child. Michaela called today and sometimes we'll just put her on the speakerphone and we talk to her. You know, and it, those calls now become far more valuable to me because I don't see her as often. So when she calls, that's time and I, it's valuable because I get to hear her voice and I get to talk to her and I get to share in her day. God has precious things he wants to share with you. And he'll reveal his secrets through prophetic ministry. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you did not know. The Hebrew word there for call is a word that means to call with passion. Cry out. Korah, I think is the word. And the word great and mighty things, that word mighty there, it means secret things. And listen to what he says. Call, I'll answer you and show you great and secret things you did not know. Secret things. God wants to reveal his secrets to us. Oh, hallelujah. Think about that. The creator of everything that you can see as far as you can see it wants to reveal his secrets to you. You say, well, pastor, don't the Bible say the secret things belong to God? It does. 
But in this, he tells us that he'll reveal them. Well, you say, well, that's Old Testament. What about the New Testament? Well, in 1 Corinthians, it says, eyes not seen, ears not heard, neither is it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for his people. And we quote that scripture, but we miss the next scripture. The next scripture in that verse, I believe it's in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says this. It says, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. So yeah, there are things the eye has not seen. There are things that's not entered into the heart of man, but God can reveal those things to us through his spirit. But always remember, we only know in part. We never get the whole picture. We only know in part. So let me give you several ways that prophecy works. Several ways that prophecy works. Number one, prophecy is incomplete. It's not the complete picture. If you came tonight and there was a prophetic word spoken to you by somebody in the church, it's not a complete picture. It's not showing you the whole picture. Why? We walk by faith and not by sight. But it is to encourage us as we walk by faith and it is give us something to hold on to. Listen, prophecy is all about hope. Prophecy is all about hope. Graham Cook says God only reveals what we need to know in order to do his will in that particular time and place. So prophecy, it's not that, you know, I need a, I need a word from God. I need, I need something from the Lord. I need something. It's about the time and place that you're in. And it's not an all-inclusive thing where God's just going to give you everything that you need all the time about everything that's going to happen to you. It's for that moment. We know in part and we prophesy in part. But God only reveals what we need to know in order to do his will in that particular time and place. So prophecy is incomplete. It's not the complete picture. It's really like a mountain. Even the prophecies of the Old Testament are called the mountaintops of prophecy. That's why today that many of the Jewish people don't see the Messiah because they only saw the mountaintops of prophecy and they didn't recognize him when he came and they didn't recognize the prophecies about his coming. Always remember that prophecy is only part of the picture, that God gives us a glimpse of what he has for us in the future. Prophecy is permission to go for it. It is permission to go for it. I had a teaching some years ago and I taught about how to move in the timing of prophecy, how to move in that timing. There's a timing involved in it. There's an element. But prophecy is permission to go for it. Sometimes we just stand around and we're waiting on God and God says, I'm waiting on you to take a step forward. And, and Cook writes this. He said, the things that God does not wish for us to know, he keeps secret. I've often thought, I've had things to happen and I thought, why didn't I see that coming? Why didn't God show me that? Why didn't I? Well, maybe God knew you weren't ready for it. Maybe God had another purpose in it. You remember Elisha said, the Lord has hidden it from me in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 27. And Elisha was a powerful prophet of God that did double the miracles of Elijah who was known as the prophet of the supernatural. But he didn't see it. I had a situation that developed one time in my church and I, I called my father in the Lord, Brother Todd, and I said, why didn't, why didn't I see this happening? Why didn't I see this coming? It could have brought great harm to the body when we dealt with it. But thankfully, God gave us grace. He said, well, the scripture, and he gave me that scripture, said the Lord had hidden it from me. So I learned there are times when God does not show you. And again, God is sovereign. He does things differently than we do. Sometimes he doesn't tell us because he doesn't want us to know at that moment. But when we do find out, he'll have a plan for what we're to do about it. Prophecy will give us positive highlights about our future role or task, but may say nothing about any pitfalls we may encounter. It may not refer to, to people letting us down, enemy opposition, or any crushing disappointments that we may encounter on the way. Listen, you get a word from God, next thing you know, you're you fighting the enemy. You think, wait a minute, I was at church Sunday. I, I heard the word of the Lord. We had a, an encounter with God. 
and the devil shows up at my door on Monday morning, what's going on? It's called the law of contradictions. And any time God gets ready to do something, there's always a contradiction that comes to try to hinder what God is doing. But I overcome the law of contradiction through the law of endurance. He that endures to the end shall be saved. I have to make a choice because the word is always tested. You remember God gave Joseph dreams. And the Bible said in the book of Psalms, it said that Joseph was in the prison and the, the, and the chains and the fetters hurt his hands and his feet. And it said the word of the Lord tested him. The word of the Lord will test you. Because God's trying to do something in your life. He's trying to deal with pride. He's trying to deal with areas of our life that have not been surrendered to the cross. He's trying to deal with areas of our life that would prevent us from entering into all that God has for us. And what he does is he puts us through that process. Beth looked at me one day and said, what is God trying to do? I said, he's trying to kill us. That means you die to your flesh. That means you die to your wants and your desires and those things in your life that are not lined up with Christ. And it's the process of God working in our life to bring us to a place where he can give us our inheritance. You remember, he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, but he couldn't get Egypt out of them. It took 40 years in the wilderness. He had to raise up a whole new generation to take them into the land. And even when he took them in the land, before they could go and conquer the first place, they had to be circumcised. They had to go to Gilgal. They had to have encounters with God along the way to deal with the fleshly elements of their life that prevented them to enter into their covenant promises. So God has to deal with us. He has to deal with those areas of our life and he puts us through the process and we, we only see in part and we don't see that. And the first thing we want to do is, wait a minute, I've got the promise of God. And if you like me, I start talking to God. God, I don't understand why this is happening. I had this word from God. Joel Talley came to my church and gave me a word from God. Swansea came to my church and gave me a word from God. Sean came to my church and gave me a word from God. God. Brother Todd gave me a word from God. Why am I experiencing the very opposite of that? That last part right there. God doesn't show you those parts. Now, wouldn't you love to come to the altar tonight and me say, thus saith the Lord for the next six days, you're going to be under severe attack of the enemy and send you home? That's not the way God works. He exhorts you. He encourages. And the word, listen to me. This is a revelation. The word sustains you through the process. The word sustains you through the process. It sustains you. Now, that's the foundation that I'm laying for where we're going, and I'll get more into to the seer anointing, and we'll talk more about that because that's something that God is highlighting. What is that? That is when we see. I primarily hear. There are three elements to prophetic ministry. There's seeing, there's speaking, and there's perception. I know, just know. That, that's, that's elements of the prophetic ministry. And this, listen to me. This is not just for somebody that has a credential in the IPHC or that has reverend or doctor or bishop or, or apostle or whatever in front of it. This is for every believer. The gifts of the Spirit are not for the exclusive few. The gifts of the Spirit is for the body of Christ. And they're not just to be confined to the church building. Listen, I've had words of knowledge with my daughter, words of wisdom with my wife, and the Lord's given us things and shown us things when we're praying. I've had them in Walmart, the hospital, uh, Target, wherever. So I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I want to see. What's the Bible say? Desire the best gift earnestly, right? In 1 Corinthians 14. What is the best gift? The gift at the time you need it. That's the best gift. If I need healing, I probably don't need a word of knowledge. I need healing. I need a gift of healings. I need faith. I need miracles. You understand what I'm saying? So I just said, Lord, you said desire that. So I'm just going to pray. And I'm going to ask you, Lord, I want to see. And I was praying with a friend of mine yesterday. And he prayed with me. And while he was praying with me, immediately I saw a whirlwind. And it was swirling around me and there was all kind of debris around me and it was dark. And the Lord said, because of this storm and this whirlwind, you can't see where you need to see. And I rebuked the wind right away and I saw it. So when I say that this is for any believer, maybe I primarily hear things 
And many people are audio, some are visual. But I really believe if we'll press in, I believe God will allow us to be used in the gifts of the Spirit in ways we never thought we could be used.